Hello, everybody. This is David Banner again. This is the epilogue of the book Frame Shifting A Path to Wholeness. And in this epilogue, uh, I'm interested in closing the book with a passage from Ken Wilber, who's one of my favorite spiritual teachers. Here's what Ken said. You cannot, however, be introduced to all the qualities of higher stages of consciousness without actual growth and practice. You can have a peak experience of higher states, like seeing an interior subtle light or having a feeling of oneness with all nature, because many states are ever-present and they can be peak experienced right now. But you cannot have a peak experience of a higher stage like being a concert-level pianist, because stages unfold sequentially and take considerable time to develop. Stages build upon their predecessors in very concrete ways, so they cannot be skipped, like atoms to molecules to cells to organisms. You cannot go from atoms to cells and skip molecules. This is one of the very important differences between states and stages. However, with repeated practice of contacting higher states, your own stages of development will tend to unfold in a much faster and easier way. This is what I'm talking about with frame shifting. These are different states of consciousness. However, with repeated practice of contacting higher states, your stages of development will tend to unfold in a much faster and easier way. However, there is, in fact, considerable experimental evidence demonstrating exactly that. The more you plunge into authentic higher states of consciousness, such as meditative states, the faster you will grow and develop through any of the stages in consciousness. It's as if higher states training acts as a lubricant for the spiral development, helping you to disidentify with lower stage so that the next higher stage can emerge. Until you can stably maintain at the higher levels of wellness on an ongoing basis, where upon a passing state, has become a permanent trait. These types of higher states training, such as meditation, are part of any integral approach to transformation. In short, you cannot skip stages, but you can accelerate your growth through them by using various types of state practices, such as meditation, and these transformative practices are an integral part of the integral approach. So, when one experiences a true frame shift, there's a gap in one's consensual reality, and for a moment, a new state is achieved. I view this process as a flowering of consciousness, to borrow Eckhart Tolle's description. One builds, excuse me, begins the journey of enlightenment as a separate identity with an egoic consciousness where the focus is on me and my needs. This then rightly flowers into a stage where one is concerned with the needs of others, one's pride, tribe, so to speak. 
This could be one's family, peer group, even one's nation and race. This is called the ethnocentric stage of development, and this is where wars of belief occur. My tribe is right and yours is wrong. We're all familiar with that stage. But hopefully one then flowers into a stage where one becomes concerned about the rights of all sentient beings on the planet. We would call this a world-centric stage. I have been recently introduced to a process called Diksha, which was developed by a married Indian couple called Sri Bhagavan and Sri Amma. They have developed what they call the oneness movement, and they contend that by sharing this process of diksha, a person begins to ascend to a stage of oneness with all life. It is a vibrational healing technique, as best I can describe it, and it seems to have beneficial effects on the brain. Studies have shown that the diksha process, where a person, a diksha giver, puts their hands above the pineal gland of the recipient over the head for a period of two to three minutes and a powerful divine energy is transmitted to the person. This can lower the activity of the parietal lobe where the fight-flight response is initiated and raise the activity of the frontal lobe where separation is dissolved. The specific changes that have been noted are a shift in energy from the reptilian brain, brainstem, to the neocortex, balancing and calming of the limbic system, a reduction in activity in the parietal lobes, and an increase of activity in the frontal lobes, particularly the left frontal, the part that helps you experience everything around you, and increased brain coherence. I believe that this book is right on time, so to speak. More and more I am finding evidence that increased frame-shifting activities such as I have described in this book change the state of consciousness, which eventually shifts the stage of consciousness, to use Wilbur's terminology. Hopefully the reader will be interested in exploring the plethora of trainings and seminars that encourage such frame-shifting and as a result, this will bring us closer to the day where we can all celebrate the fact of oneness in our own experience. Okay, thank you very much, you guys. I really appreciate you hanging in there with me. And this is the end of the book, Frame Shifting.